And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally. And joining me on the line today, I'm delighted to welcome former Tipperary hurler and Dublin hurler, Ryan O'Dwyer. Ryan, good, e- good afternoon. How are you getting on? I'm very good. Ryan, um, we, we, we'll, we'll start at the at the end and we'll make our way back to the beginning and then we'll go back to the end again. But the last couple of years with COVID and the whole lot, how, how's life been for Ryan O'Dwyer? Oh, look, it's mad. Um, I suppose trying to teach from home online, having two kids, jumping on your back anytime you, you try to move. Uh, it's not easy. It's nice to get back out again, uh, coaching teams, running around, some fresh air. Um, makes a massive difference. And the, the teaching side of things, like you're, you know, you're a woodwork teacher. That must be of all the teaching from home. That must be next to impossible, is it? Yeah, like oh, just doing it online. Like there's only there's only so much theory you can do and keep them interested. Um, like and even theory in class does be a challenge at time. But uh, uh, doing theory online and construction studies as well, and, and DCG doing doing all that online. The DCG was fine because it was fifth and sixth years. Construction studies was. Had its moments, um, but the the woodwork now, geez, that was tough for the, the especially the first years. Because in I don't know if, what what your school was like when you were growing up, but my school anyway, they they all uh, sample it in first year. So trying to teach the first years um, woodwork and then a lot of them not keeping it on anyway, it's oh geez, banging your head against the wall. Yeah, because I can imagine, like, I remember when I was in school going into first year, it was it was one of the exciting classes was to go into the woodwork room because, do you know, what? there was saws there and your teachers there and it, it was an interactive class. Um, yeah, the, the massive part is you get to know the, the students better, I think. Now, that's, look, maybe I'm being biased there, but I think you get to know them on a personal level. Um, like, you're going around, you're, you're mixing with them. It's not lines of students and you're, you're lecturing to them. Um, you definitely get to know them better and now you look you see some great kids you see some not great kids but um, look it, it's interesting every day now the one thing about it is it can be a dangerous room thankfully touch wood I, I've had no um, instances in the classroom of that serious happens thank God but um, yeah no I, I, I enjoy it I, I really enjoy it now unfortunately I'll actually be leaving my school Um my wife is from Galway and she's finally bet me into submission. So we're moving up there during during the summer. So if anyone listening to this uh, is a principal up in Galway and uh, fancies giving me a job, I'm I'm available. Yeah, well we'll be we'll be pushing it wide and far for you right there into the into the Galway natives as well. But a great part of the country to be lucky enough to be moving to. Right, I want to take you back to, to when you were a young lad growing up. Like you've you're from a big family, you know. Was hurling yeah, a big part of that? Um, it was and it wasn't. Um, like I suppose growing up, I'm I'm the youngest of seven kids, um, and all of us all of us played sport of some sort um, up until like we were we were never pushed into. It. We, we don't have parents that say like they say oh you have to do this or you have to do that. I I'm kind of like that trying to push my young lad into to hurling football soccer rugby everything. Um, but Cash, we were lucky in Cashel because you had a, a good soccer club, you had a, a very good hurling club, hurling football club, and the rugby club, geez, they're AIL now, now they were junior back when I was growing up, but they're a great club as well. Um, and then along with that, you had Larkspur Park, which is tennis, pitch and put, badminton, squash. Um, so there was never any shortage of sport. Um, I suppose I was in a very lucky position that I was the youngest. Uh, so from the moment I was able to walk, I was out 
playing with, well, trying to play with them. I was generally the goalkeeper. They sort of just hit balls at me and I, I, I was trying to get out of the way more so I didn't get in the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I suppose I, I was just immersed in it when from a young age um, and I was lucky and it, it stood to me. Um, and I, I played everything up until I was about 17, 18. Um, and as it happens... It, the the three the four sports that I, I, I focused on hurling football soccer and rugby I was probably the worst at uh, at hurling uh, and but I just I loved it so much um, and that that took precedence over everything. No, that's that's brilliant. And just in your own family side, like your granddad, I think it's your granddad, Paddy Ryan. You know, yeah. he's like a world famous athlete in his own right. Yeah, he won an Olympic gold medal for America um, in the Hammertron and, and won a, a silver medal in the 56-pound weight, which isn't in the Olympics anymore. Um, and as it happens, like, he, he said he was never going to represent uh, England because, or Great Britain um, because you couldn't represent Ireland back then. Um, but uh, it's gas. He won the medal when he was 36. Or was he 36 or 38? So it was very old to to win a gold medal back then. Um, but like he, he would have been, he, when he, he won the, was it, no, sorry, he got the world record in 1913, but he couldn't represent America then because he hadn't uh, got citizenship then um, in, the, in the 1912 Olympics. He, ha- he hadn't got uh, citizenship at that stage. So he couldn't represent America. He couldn't. Re- he wasn't going to represent in Great Britain, and he couldn't represent Ireland. So you, you'd have to think if he got citizenship earlier, would he have won it in two thousand or in nineteen twelve? It was called off in in uh, in nineteen sixteen because of the the World War One. Um, so I suppose it's it's a case of any any sporting career. You say, oh, what if? Um, about so many things but look he, he won uh, a gold medal in 1920 and I'm sure he was happy with that um, and look uh, we're all happy with his, his daughters he had five daughters and then all his grandkids were delighted with it and I'm really proud of it um, as I always say it's my uh, it's my claim to fame anyway having a, a famous granddad yeah because like you know when I when I was reading like and I was studying up about different things and looking back and I, I just thought to myself you know, like the, there's obviously the statue of your granddad in Palace Green, but like the pride that that must give your whole family that you know that this man emigrated to the states and back home in Ireland, a hundred years later, we're walking by a statue of your granddad. Um, yeah. You know, which is it's it's brilliant for your family. Yeah, and actually, the, only there a couple of weeks ago, there was actually a see. I don't know if you're uh, if you're used to the area, but uh, Palace Green. Um, it's actually broke up into two. You have uh, Old Palace and New Palace, and the statue is in New Palace. And his his home house is halfway between two. So just there a couple of weeks ago, they unveiled another monument up in New Palace. Um, and my my auntie owns the just kind of a, a fork in the road, and she owns the the premises. The, it's a house, but it's knocked down. But she owns that, and right in front of it, they unveiled another monument um, just there. It was meant to happen in 2020 uh, for the 100-year anniversary, but because of COVID, it was put off and put off. Um, So it was just done there a few weeks ago. Um, But the the driving force behind that is actually the the Limerick kit man um, for the hurlers, Jar Connell, 
Um, he's a brilliant man. He was he was the driving force for the uh, the statue as well when it got unveiled uh, in 2004, um, and the fundraising and everything. But was the driving driver behind this as well uh, for the monument in in Old Palace. No, oh, well, that's 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 brilliant to see, and it's great that the the new generations or the next generations are you know your granddad's going to be remembered forever. Um, that that's I I think it's so important when we recognise and 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 respect these things that have happened before our time. Yeah, I, I looking back, I like I'd, I'd love to know more about him. Like he died in nineteen sixty three, um, long before I was born. Um, but like I suppose. He, he when he came back to Ireland, he married a, a woman twenty years younger than him. So that's why the the age discrepancy. Like any t- anyone I say, my grandfather to that he won a gold medal in nineteen twenty. They're like, oh no, it must be your your great grandfather. No, no, it's actually my grandfather because he was quite old when he had a, his five daughters. And um, but uh, yeah, like it, it's I'd love to know more about him. I'd love to have just gone back in time, invent a time machine, go back and meet him. Um, and just uh, I suppose uh, like he, he stood out like the average height of everyone back then was I think 5'8 he was 6'4 in 1920 he was known as the the Irish Whale or there was a group of them known as the Irish Whales um, Paddy Ryan Matt McGrath um, Sheridan uh, there was about 4 or 5 known as the Irish Whales um, so like he was a, a famous sport athlete um, a big, strong man. I, I, I just love to have walked down New York with him um, and see what attention he gets. Uh, just or even just to fly on the wall, just to see, because he was very modest. Um, that was that's what going from stories. That's what everyone uh, told me that when he came back to Ireland, he didn't really want to. He, he wouldn't come be come be asked about talking about how good a man he was or, or how famous he was. He just he wanted to live a nice, quiet life. Um, as a farmer, um, so yeah, it's it fills us with pride anyway, and uh, certainly a few things that we could learn from him. Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. I think when you see the best of the best of these people, they're very humble and they're very laid back. If that was me now, I'd be rocking around Tipperary with a, oh, a Liberty medal. <laughs> that would swing it off my neck day and night. I'd be reminding you in case you didn't know. Um, yeah. Just just to talk about your hurling career, Ryan. You know when you started out first. Like, you know, at a young age, you were doing okay. You know, everything was going well, but you didn't break into the Tipperary minor team. I, just kind of looking at that, I've, I've, I see no record of you playing minor for Tipperary. No, I, I played minor football. Um, um, I was on an extended panel for Hurling, but never got any, any game time. It was only just to make up the numbers of training for a while. Um, I wasn't even there. It was only I went in after we got bet in the football. Uh, it was a few of us that went in. Um, and trained with them for a while. Um, so yeah, like look, Harlem was always my number one. Um, I remember growing up, I'd say I was about five or six. Uh, my aunt asked me what do I want to be when I get older. Do you know what, what you ask every kid? What do I want to be when you get older? And I said I want to play Harlem for tip, football for tip, and I want to be a fireman. Um, now, I, 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 thankfully I've done two of those things, but uh, I, I no interest in being a fireman now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I always had it in my head that I, I wanted to I wanted to hurl for tape. I got to do that. Then I, I suppose I, I went down and got to do that for Dublin as well. And I did not for one second do I regret the, my time with Dublin. And um, I got to meet my wife in Dublin. I got to make so many friends in Dublin that I wouldn't imagine if I if I'd have stayed in tape. And 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just very lucky. I'm very lucky. Uh, no matter what way you, you want to put a swing or a, a, a twist, and I, I, I just consider myself very lucky to have achieved what I've done. And I just had, I had strong people around me to, to keep me grounded. I got, I got carried away at times, but uh, thankfully, the, the people that were most important to me kept me grounded. And like Ryan, when, when you when you kind of started breaking into it, like because I know in Kilkenny there's an awful lot of some of the best stars of all time never played minor for Kilkenny um, obviously some of them have but but a lot of them a lot of them haven't played minor at Kilkenny like you got into the Tipperary under 21 team and then you started playing you know getting in there the senior team with Tipperary you know you were things were going quite well at Tip um, yeah I, I suppose my, my first year out of minor um, I made the Tip 21s um, and I, I I won't say I felt totally out of place but I I, I I suppose maybe a confidence thing. I felt, geez, maybe I shouldn't be here because you know I, I knew all the lads that were there. Um, I looked up to them, the the minor team ahead of me or the, the one ahead of that. Um, and I one person that really stood out for me, Richie Root, um, made me feel so welcome. Um, he's from Torles, made me feel so welcome and and part of it. Um, and I really appreciate that. I don't think I ever told him, but sure, hopefully he's listening to this. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I suppose to, look, it, it's a it's a mental thing and it's a personal thing that I I looked up to these lads and then all of a sudden I was playing with them and then I doubted myself um, because I wouldn't be as as stylish or as skillful as a lot of them. Um, but I, I was starting the first year out of minor in under twenty one. I was starting. Um, we played Limerick um, uh, in down in down in Limerick and then. Who did we get bet by? We got bet by Cork then in the, down in Parky Cueve in the, the Munster final. Um, and then the following year, we were starting with a good run. We won Munster and then we got bet, in, unfortunately, got bet in a replay in dollar in a final by Kilkenny. Uh, but the, looking back at it now, that Kilkenny was littered with, with stars um, that went on to, to Hurl Senior with, with Kilkenny. Um, and then our third year, Unfortunately, carpet again, so it wasn't. It didn't finish on a good note, but um, yeah, I enjoyed the time. I got to meet a lot of lads, and then I suppose my last year under twenty one, I was on the seniors as well with uh, Babs Keaton, was the manager at the time, and um, yeah, same again. Like the, I remember the uh, one of our first get-togethers. Uh, we were, we were going down to Wexford for a training camp, and the bus picked us up, and and I was sitting beside uh, John Carroll. I was actually rooming with John Carroll down there, and I was. Sorry about the language, you know, but I was like a pig in shit. I was like, this is the lad I looked up to, this lad I idolised. And all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm poking around with him, I'm hurling with him. And he's the same Brendan Cummins as somebody I'd, I'd, I had always looked up to. And so it's when I'm actually good friends with Brendan and his wife, now Pam. Um, so, yeah, it's it's gas the way it works out. But, uh, yeah, I suppose in, even with tape, uh, in one way, I wanted to prove a point to say I should be there, but then at the back of my head, there was that little little voice telling me, "Geez, you know, you never played minor." And that was always that was always at the back of my head that I'd never played minor. Wow! And then just just on that, because like, Babs Keaton, that was Babs last year in charge, I think it was. Yeah, um, and I, like I remember at the time because Babs is a larger than life character. He was somebody that's you know I always kind of I found him very colourful on the line he, he wore his heart in his sleeve but I, at the end of Bab's tenure as manager I, it did kind of end in a, on a sour note from, from, from me on the outside looking in it, it just it felt like there was a lot of unrest in the camp it felt like he was nearly ran out of role really 
Yeah, it, look, <clears throat> there, there, there was unrest there. Um, hopefully I get no backlash for this. There was unrest there. There was things done that possibly shouldn't have been done. Um, like the, the replay, that was the, the year of the trilogy against Limerick. Um, and the first day, we were probably unlucky not to beat Limerick. Um, then they went on a run to dollar in the final, but I'm probably unlucky not to beat Limerick. Uh, went to replay, and that was the day when Kelly, Brendan Cummins, and, and myself, even though no one remembers me being dropped that day. But uh, I'd make sure I had a broken, broken tongue. But um, but uh, yeah, look, it was it was disappointing. There was like Brendan Cummins was at the, the height of his power. He subsequently won All-Stars after that. Owen Kelly as well won All-Stars after that, won All-Ireland after that. And it was just, it was very disappointing to to see these leaders um, and everyone being dropped. So I, I think it did unsettle a lot. Uh, but look, Babs had his reasons. He saw that other lads were, were possibly better. Um, and look, he was in the position to do, do the job as manager. And look, whether he picks lads or doesn't pick lads, he's open to criticism anyway. So um, I think what, what a lot of that year is after, after the lads were dropped, a lot of the outside talk, um, a lot of the, the outside noise is what I call it, um, maybe unsettled things rather than in the camp. Um, yeah, and everything wasn't rosy in the camp, but I think a lot of the noise in, in the public um, about oh, why he wasn't playing a certain person and, and everything, that, that kind of unsettled things. But... Um, Look, it's a case of he, he made those changes. They didn't work out. But if he if he made those changes and he, they did work out, he'd be he'd be lauded as the, the best manager ever. So, you know, it's, yeah, no, no, you, like, it's a hard situation. Yeah, no, this is it. You, you know, you live and die by the calls, and as the manager, you have to make them. But Babs is gone. In comes Liam Sheedy as the new manager. You know, you had a strong league campaign with Tipperary under Liam Sheedy. But before I even get into that. I just wondered, was there an instant difference in the preparation, train, and all that setup? Yeah, it was. It was totally different. And um, like we arrived the first night, uh, we had switched our, our dressing rooms had switched from Doctor Morris Park. I don't know if you're aware there, you know, but Doctor Morris Park is where we trained. It was before the lights uh, had been installed in, in Semple Stadium. So under Bob's time, we go up to Doctor Morris Park. We'd tug out there and then we'd train there and um, then when the the evenings changed we'd tug out in Semple Stadium and, and train there but straight away everything changed uh, our first training session with Baz or with, with Liam Sheedy we, we showed up and we were tugging out in Semple Stadium we all had our little cubbies in Semple Stadium and um, all our gear was there usually anyone that has played inter-county it's generally by the time you get your winter gear, it's nearly like the end of the league. It's a couple of months into the season already. And then you get your championship gear. It's a couple of months after that as well. Um, but the very first night, we had all our gear there. Uh, shorts, socks, jerseys. And then at the end of the session, and, and we were talking out in, in Dr. Stadium, and then going up to Dr. Morris Park to train. Um, but at the end of the session... We get back our, our jersey, shorts, socks, and they were all washed um, for us. We held on to our tracksuits, but they were all washed for us, and they were all there waiting for us the following night. Um, so, yeah, straight away, it was a, a jump in professionalism um, straight away. And it's the simple things, um, like even having the gear there for us, it, it made you feel more important straight away. It made you feel um, that there was a bit of purpose there. You were doing it for a reason. 
Um, so yeah, look, it was it was an exciting time to experience uh, Liam Sheedy's time and the professionalism that he brought straight away, and 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 also the the professionalism, like the professional people that he brought in around him. Keen O'Neill was the coach, uh, so obviously he went on to manage Kildare in the football, uh, coach Tip to an All Ireland, coach Kerry to an All Ireland in the football. Um, it, Brilliant coach, and then Eamon O'Shea has gone on to manage Tip. Uh, Mick Ryan has gone on to manage Tip and win All Ireland. So, like, look, the, the straight away the people he brought were were brilliant as well. Not just Liam, the, definitely the people he brought. Um, and even you look, you look, even when he went back as manager again, even the people he brought back in that time, he brought Eamon O'Shea back, but he brought Darry Egan. Darry Egan is managing the intercounty team now. Um, so straight away he's not going to just surround himself with yes men or or people that are just his friends with uh, it's people that um, will challenge him and people that will add to it um, and you can see he had uh, he had Owen Kelly there as well and Owen is, Owen is flying it with coaching um, Munhorn so yeah great lads around and that, that year itself with, with Tip you went well in the league you, you played I think you played every league game and then when the championship started in the first round against Cork, you were taken off at half time, and and that was it. You never played another minute yeah, in Ireland that year. Taken off before half time, um, <clears throat> as I say, John Gardner ended my career um, for Tip and uh, yeah, it was just I, I suppose it was. Jeez, I'm not making up excuses now. I I was young. Um, looking back, and now a lot of my friends were were going away for the summer. Um, I was I was in college at the time, um, and that did unsettle me. Um, no point in saying it didn't. Uh, I kind of I wanted to go away then, but didn't want to leave tip. And you know, I was I was young. I was I was very young, and and it did affect me. It just it distracted me uh, from the important things. It distracted me. Um, and I suppose I remember, and I'll always remember leading up to the game. Like usually now, if I was having a game and the game was on Saturday or Sunday. I'd I'd hurl up to the choose and then I'd leave the hurley out of my hand and I, I wouldn't touch it again. Not even I if we had to train the, the following Thursday or whatever, I might do the minimum. Um, but I remember before that Cork game, I suppose because a lot of my friends had gone away, I was trying to distract myself and I was literally hurling every day for four or five hours every day, just out. I know you don't know where I live, but I lived in the old road in Cashel, so we were out on the road. Um, and there's a wall the, our wall going in is kind of a curve in it so no matter what way you hit it, hit the ball against it I was going to come back to you um, and I was out there for hours um, and I nearly I was mentally I was drained uh, coming into that game even the night before the game we stayed down in Photo Island Resort um, and myself Shane Mayer were out a couple of hours the, the night before the game just poking around and I think mentally I, mentally I wasn't right for the game um, I wasn't ready for it um, but look, that I suppose that comes with age as well. Um, learning how to get your body right and your mind right. But that that that, that year for you then, like that game, okay, fair enough. Uh, you, you didn't have the game of your life right against Cork, but your season pretty much ended. Then you were left on the bench for the whole year, and yeah. at the end of the season, you get the phone call off Liam Sheedy to tell you, yeah, there's a team holiday. We'd love you to come, but we're dropping you off the panel, like. Yeah, like you strike me as somebody from talking to early who allowed not being a minor player get inside your head. This must have been a devastating blow. 
Yeah, um, and I suppose after I got dropped from Cork, it was a while I got got everything out of my head, um, and I just got on with the season. Uh, I accepted that right, dressed them there, gone to America for the summer. Um, I just need to get on with it. I'm staying here, and I actually trained harder than I've ever trained. And I was actually flying at a training, but I, I never got back into it. Um, then when that call came, geez, I, st- I still remember it. Um, and there was a few lads dropped that that same day. Uh, um, Jamie Butler uh, from Drumlinch was dropped and he, he actually got man in the match for tape in the league final that we won uh, but he was dropped as well um, so we were making calls to each other and seeing how we were and all that um, but I, look I, I just accepted it, I, I had to accept it I, I had no choice um, and I, I just got on and I played Fitzgibbon with, with UL that year um, and and yeah, just I just got on with it. Um, did, did you ask Liam? Because it's 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 something I'm intrigued by. The manager rings you, and he says, "Look, you're not in my plans for next year. You're gone." Like, is that something that you can turn around to the manager and say, "Hold on, is there something I can work on? Is there something you want me to do?" Like, don't just close the door. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a harsh call. It wasn't saying, "Oh, thanks, goodbye." Uh, he explained. He gave his reasons. He explained. Um, it was very amicable. He knew. He knew that I was devastated. Um, I suppose after the year, that I had a little bit of relief on my part as well. I know it's a strange thing saying that, but the, the pressure of expectations off you, you can live a little, little bit of a life now, um, rather than the regimented. Um, lifestyle of an intercounty uh, player, whether it's hurling or football, and that's why, when especially the, the Dublin footballers, you hear a few of them over the last couple of years, they're leaving, they're going traveling. Roy O'Carroll did it, um, Jack John Mannion did it, um, uh, Jack McCaffrey. There's a good few doing it. I actually say fair play to them. They had the balls to just say, right, I could win another few All Irelands, but I, I don't. I want to experience life. I want to enjoy myself. And you have to say. Fair play to them. Like they, they had the balls to not turn their back on it because they didn't turn their back. Mm. They had the balls to just walk away from it and and know that there's more to life than it. And so I suppose Liam dropping me was kind of do, doing me that favor. Without even though I didn't want him to do me that favor, but in hindsight, looking back, and they did do me a favor because the following summer I went out to I went out to America and got to meet. Great friends over there, lads. I'm still friends with. Um, got to play a bit of hurling and football out there, and I. It was really. It was just. Uh, it was brilliant. It, every bit of it was brilliant. Um, that summer, and then the following the following year, then I I was playing with Tip footballers. Um, and then after after Tip got walloped by Cork in the the Munster Championship, Liam Sheedy rang me to to rejoin the panel, and I went in for one training session and. Was a two, maybe one, one or two training sessions. Um, but I, I promised the lads that uh, I was going back to America for the summer, um, because as far as I was concerned, the following September I, I'd already gotten this job in Dublin, um, so I wouldn't have been able to do that again. So I said, you know what, I can I may as well take take my chance and uh, and do it. Um, so I did, and look, I know a tip went on to win All Ireland. Um, but I, I don't regret it not for one second I had a great summer and I suppose if I stayed I might never have uh, come up to Dublin 
so or never have joined them. So yeah, I, don't, I don't regret it at all. No, because see, some things have a funny way of working themselves out. But you you were at the All Ireland final in two thousand and ten. I was, yeah, I was. <laughs> I came back a couple of days before, and uh, I remember it, I can remember it so clear. It was, it was a rubbish day. It was raining. But I was I was in the hill. Um, I was only in the hill for two games ever. One was the dollar and final where uh, Tyrone bet Armagh and then the, that all Ireland final in 2010 um, and it was, look, it was great I was absolutely delighted I was I was hoarse by the end of it um, I was hoarse by half time I'd say um, but look, it was it was great. Did it come um, into your head at all? Like, uh, like, like I can imagine if I was standing beside you and I knew you, you know, I wouldn't stop. I'd have you ribbed to death. Now I'd be saying it to you from minute one. That could have been you. That could have been you. But was your head saying that? Yeah, it, it was. Um, and I got calls from lads in America. Uh, I name him uh, Peter Ryan. He's a Carlo man. He's in in Boston the last while. Uh, he texted me that that night saying, "Jesus, I'd say you're you're second. You came out to Boston this summer." Um, so, but I, I wasn't. Um, look, I, 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 no, I, I do have regrets uh, about certain things, uh, but I want to live a life where I never have a regret or as few regrets as I can, and I, I don't dwell on that. The, the going out to America that time. Look, I, I might have stayed and might have been dropped a week later by by Liam Sheedy. So you, you just never know. Um, but no, I, I don't regret it at all. No, brilliant stuff. Then I think it's. Maybe a year later, you're you're down smacking a ball around your own home area there, out in the field, and you get a phone call from Richie Stakelam. Um, Actually, about two weeks later. <laughs> so, so Richie and Anto obviously have homework well done. They're they're looking at it and they're saying, right, this fella now might have itchy feet. He's after getting a job in Dublin. Let's let's bring him. Let's bring him up. How did that conversation go? Because I, I I'm fairly sure this was never something in your mind. Um. Well, when she or uh, Richie Stakelam rang me. Um, and I actually said because I, I was up in the, the Harlem field in Cashel up in Lee Park and there's a few lads there Tim Maloney and, and there was a few I think LB Bonner was there as well and they were they were slagging me oh you're up in Dublin now oh Sheedy will be or uh, Anthony Daly will be on to you blah 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 and I just act you know having a laugh and then my, my phone rings maybe five minutes later my phone rings and it's Richie Stakelam and no, I, I didn't know. I, I knew Richie Stakelam, obviously, everyone in Tit knows Richie Stakelam, but I didn't know what his voice sounded like. So he said, uh, This is Richie Stakelam, and I, you're, you're living in Dublin. And just yourself and Auntie would like to talk to you. And I, I said, Is this a piss take? And <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought it was one of the last taking the piss because of just what had just happened. Um, we said, No, this, this is genuine, this is very serious. And I said, Oh, oh okay. So, um, so the, and we were, he said, "Can we meet the Tuesday night in in Casnock uh, or not in Casnock in um, in City West Hotel?" And I said, "Yeah, that's grand." And he said, "Look, I'll I'll text you uh, tomorrow. Uh, that was on a Saturday. I'll text you tomorrow to give you details, whatever." So then he texted me on the the Sunday, saying, "Look, is Wednesday okay?" For you? And I said, "Yeah, that's grand." And so I, I arrived early anyway to to City West and uh, whatever. See, I was sitting and I could see out the, the not the door, but out the side. So you, you can see who's walking up to the door. And uh, I, I, I'll tell you a backstory first. Back in, I think, 98, um, I was only 12, but I went on a little uh, holiday with my, my parents around Munster. Um, 
So we, we started in Waterford, went all South Cork up to Kerry, and then went to finish up in Clare. Um, but went into Anthony Daly's sports shop. He was a sports shop at the time. Went into his shop. Um, I don't know why I did it because I, I, I hated Clare during the 90s because the rivalry would tip. But uh, I bought a Clare jersey and got Dale up to sign it. Um, and in fairness to him, even though I, I hated Clare at the time, it was, he, was, he was a little bit magic to me. Um, but I, I saw him walking in uh, the, into City West and I just saw it all come flooding back and I felt like a little kid again. Um, thinking, oh, jeez, the Santini Daily, you're delighted. No, I wouldn't be saying that now. If it's on. <laughs> Away, bollocks, yeah. Um, but uh, look, he, he's a great man. He's a brilliant man. He's a good friend of mine. I'd, I'd do anything for him. I'd, uh, and I've said this before, I, I'd follow him in Tanny Battle. Um, he's, he's an inspirational man. But uh, himself and Richie came in that, that evening and chatted away to me. And my biggest issue was leaving clubs. Um, I didn't want to leave Cashel. Um, and they understood that. Uh, but they said, look, you have to um, if you want to play for Dublin. So they, they didn't want to answer there. And then I hummed and hawed about it. And one day I might be, yeah, okay, I'm going to make the switch. And the following day, no, I, I don't want to. Um, I want to stay with Cashel. But I, I, I suppose with the people around me, my family and everything, I, I decided... Um, look, I'm living, working in Dublin. I, I, I plan on staying in Dublin. Um, so I finally I, I made the switch, and uh, yeah, didn't regret it. And the, like the, the hardest thing for you, I'd say, and because uh, it is something people put aside. I think when you're moving up to Dublin, you're going to be living in Dublin to hurt for Dublin. That's not the end of the world. Like Tipperary is a county team, but your club team. These are the lads that'll lower your coffin or carry your coffin out of church. These are the lads that'll walk down the aisle with you, you know, that type of way. They're, you're at their christenings and birthdays. Like, was it a really, I know it was a hard decision for you to make, but was it a hard one to sit down with your club mentors and selectors and players and say, listen, guys? Yeah, it, it was. It was very hard. Um, and especially the, the club chairman at the time, uh, Pat Donahue. Um, he, he understood and he accepted it and, and everything. Uh, and I possibly did, did possibly see that see it coming. Um, my my brother had transferred already the, a year or two before that. Uh, he's older than me. He was playing with Thomas Davis in Dublin, um, and they knew I was going to Dublin. They they, they could probably see it on the horizon, um, but possibly not as quick. But yeah, they, they could probably see it on the horizon. Um, but yeah, it, at home that, in the house. That, that was the hardest thing. Changing clubs. And 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 at home in your own house, like your own mum and dad. Um, I know I've seen you speaking many times about your dad and the influence he had on your career and on your life in general. Like, what was, what was their reaction at home? They, they didn't mind at all. Uh, they said, "No, you you do what you want to," um, and they've never stopped me from doing anything. Um, no, that kind of sounds strange. They never stopped me. They, they've always kept an eye on me, but they've never stopped me from doing anything that uh, that I that I wanted to do. Um, uh, so yeah, they, they they said yeah, go for it and back me a hundred percent and just wish me the best luck. Oh, brilliant! It's great to have that support. So I want to just kind of jump in and out with certain things in 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 the Dublin career. So the, the first thing I want to ask is Anthony Daly. Every time I've heard you speaking, you've always spoke so highly of him, 
as a person. Like <laughs> I, I can say a few bad things about McMahon. <laughs> no, no, it's, but it's because it, I love the contrasts of different coaches. Like if you look down here, some of the Ballyhale lads that have played under Henry Shefflin, now they're playing under Brian Cody and they can see the differences in it. But yourself, like you would have played under Babs Keaton, you would have played under Liam Sheedy and now you've played under Dalo as well. If you were ranking them in order, what type of setups, like, you know, what was Dalo set up in comparison to the other two lads? I, look, you might never train. Um, no, we did train, but like, I'm just trying to explain the type of person Dale is. You might never train, but if you go and play an All-Ireland final, he will convince you that you're the best in the world. Do you know, he, he convinced you you're invincible. Uh, he's just, I don't know how educated he is. Um, at most time he comes across as a, a, a tick Clare man, but he, he's a poet. Um, and, and he's an inspirational character. Um, he's, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, as much as I'd, I'd love to be cutting the back off, now I actually can't. Uh, but he's just, he's, he's a great man um, in every single way. Um, and he's, he, he knows when to, to eat the head off you and give out to you. And he also knows when to put his arm around you. He's just, he has that, that innate characteristic that uh, you can't coach that, you can't train that, you can't learn that. He just, he has that. Um, and uh, he's, he's an inspirational person. No, very good. And 2011 as a year for, for Dublin, it was, you know, it was a real start to something brilliant with Dublin um, for yourself. I, I remember the National League final, I was there for that myself. You got man of the match in that game. Like it, it was a game where I think, I think you, for me, anyway, you became very, um, very much a player that we had to target, to keep an eye on, really, that you were going to do things. But, <laughs> but you, that, like that league campaign was, it was a brilliant league campaign for for Dublin. Obviously, winning the national league. Yeah, we we were very lucky. We kind of we grew in confidence in every game at the start of the year. We we had uh, Declan Kyle in. He was a sports psychologist, and uh, he gave us a lot of confidence, made us believe. Um, and we kind of went in like we won the Walsh Cup beating Kilkenny in the the final in, in Parnell Park and then went on and had a great league um, and I suppose the, the small victories that, that you might get in a league um, we, we just we grew in confidence with them and said well we don't want this to be an isolated win we want to, to take a step further and we did um, look we, we were lucky in the end to get to the final we we had uh, Cork in our last league game and you know, a puck of a ball and we might have been in the league final. So we were lucky. Um, but look, when we got there, I suppose all, there was no pressure on us when we were in the league final. It was all the talk was about Kilkenny um, beating us because we had beaten them in, in, uh, in Crow Park that year. I think we'd beaten them in Crow Park in the league. Um, so it was kind of like a revenge mission for them. Uh, or maybe we drew them, but it was a revenge mission for them. Uh, so all the pressure was on them; it wasn't on us at all. And it was kind of a you, you, Kilkenny when they get to a final, they win it. Um, so yeah, we we just went out. We played with freedom. We played with abandon. What what Dale wanted us to do, and uh, yeah, we were lucky. We got off to a great start, and we didn't look back. And then they had a man sent off just before half time, and it, we just we just grew in confidence the whole game. And like as that season progressed, because like it wasn't just winning the national league, that brought it into the Leinster Championship as well, you know. And uh, like the Dublin team were a team that was coming. the The game against Galway, obviously, 
you, you picked up the red card in that game um, against Galway. You missed the Kilkenny oh, game. So I lost a bit of my year that time. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, you got a smack, did you? Yeah, I had to go off three times. Uh, I had to go in for plastic surgery the following morning. Now, I know they might say, why didn't you get the whole lot done? But it was just my, just my year that, uh, that I got done. Um, yeah, I got a bit of a cut off. Uh, I, was, I think I had to go off three times um, after the, the, the initial slap I got. Uh, so, yeah, it was sliced right down the middle. Um, but, uh, look, uh, stupidity from me then getting sent off. Just, just absolute stupidity. So you missed you missed the Kilkenny game then. Uh, obviously, Kilkenny mm-hmm. come back. You know, they're a much, I think they could a much stronger fitter outfit that day um, against Dublin. But you came back for the Limerick game. Now, I remember the Limerick game. You, you started at full forward against Limerick. Yeah, um, yeah, I played centre forward all year, but then the, the Limerick game was full forward. Mm. What were like... It worked out. <laughs> it did. It, it definitely worked out. But I remember at the time thinking, is this to onset Limerick? Is this to, you know, because Limerick would have thought, right, he's going to be centre forward. We'll put somebody man marking him at centre forward. The next thing, bang, you're out with the small 14. You're playing a full forward. Now Lim- Limerick might have to change what they're doing and whatnot. Like, was it something that Dalo had been working on and training for a few weeks leading up to the game or what um, was it? I, I can't remember. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I was playing in, in full forward for the, maybe the, Two, two, three sessions before that when we'd have a game of training. Um, but I, to be honest, I doubt Limerick, and I know maybe it's me being modest or, or whatever, but I don't think they would have planned for me. I don't think I would have entered their head. Yeah, they'd have said, oh, he's centre forward, he's named full, or he'll probably be centre forward. But I don't think they'd have said, oh, we'll put a man on him. Um, like the, the, the bigger threats for me, anyway, would have been uh, Liam Rush, um, Keeney. Um, I suppose I have to mention Dotsy in the corner. Um, even though it kills me, giving them credit. But uh, like they, for me anyway, they were bigger threats. Uh, Paul Ryan as well. Uh, they were just, they were just bigger threats. Um, I was just the, the donkey that used getting away of their opposition. Um, so I, I, I doubt there was any plan that oh you go on him or man mark him or whatever. It was just whoever's on him marking marking tight. I'd say I'd say Limerick regret that now. <laughs> I look. I, I was lucky. Look, it was the the bounce of the ball. One of them, Dotsy took a shot. I I just I was there for the rebound. Another one. Um, I just won the breaking ball, and then the other one was a ball over from McCrab. He look. He 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 put it in your eye if you asked him to. Uh, um. So look, I, I was I was just lucky. I was in the right place at the right time, and yeah, I'll, I'll look. I'll, I'll take it. But I was just, I was lucky. So that set you up then for for uh, semi-finals against your own uh, Tipperary. Yeah, and like from the minute you've realised this, and it was one of the things I did wonder: you, is there no outlet for you? If you, as in, when you're a trainer with Dublin, are they giving it to you as well, or and then you're getting it at home, or what way is it? No, like no, not at all. Um, look, I, I did get abuse. Uh, the only time I got really abused was playing against, against Tip that year anyway. Like, yeah, you, you might get comments from the opposition saying, oh, if you're any good, you'd still be with Tip or whatever. But uh, no, it was just a few of the, the Tip players would have abused me. I won't name them now, but they, they would have abused me. But um, look, I, I suppose, and I, I've said this in, in a few things before, look, I, I love Tip. I'm, I'm from Tip. My family's from Tip. But I, my years with Dublin, I had to learn how to hate Tip. Um and and like if I if I'm marking someone or playing against someone and, and I like them, I, I that that's the worst thing I could possibly think of is marking a friend because 
I'm afraid in case I hurt them or I hit them. No, it would never be on purpose, but I, I'd be afraid in case I did it. I, I have to build up a story in my head that, right, I'm going out to mark this person. I, I, I hate them. I hate them. They hate me. I hate them. Um, and I have to inflict pain on them, and not pain as in hit them or yeah. I have to win every ball. So I build up, no matter who I'm playing against, I build up a story in my head. Um, and I'm doing that for two or three days leading up two or three, if I know who I'm playing against or who, who, what person I'd be marking or whatever, I build it up in my, in my head for a week beforehand. Um, just about that person and about the team that we're playing or who I could be coming up against. Um, and that was my, I suppose, preparation or dealing mechanism of playing against Tip. Yeah, because like, it's, it's, it's interesting you say about trying to build it into your own head to hate the opposition or the person you're playing. I, I, I spoke with Matty Ford last week and I asked him who was the hardest person he had to play against and he said it was a nightmare. It was Sean Marty Lockhart and he said the biggest problem was he said he's a bloody lovely guy. He's just such a nice fella. So he said you go onto the field and Sean wishes you the best of luck and genuinely means it like he hopes you. Yeah. You know, and Matty said you're thinking to yourself Jesus Christ, you know, why can't this guy be a prick so that Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it was, it's much easier to hurl against those lads and that's why I, I built it in my head that I, no, I hate this lad. Like one, one lad um, no, I've never actually marked him in the championship, but he's marked him in the league. Uh, Dave Collins from Galway. I used to fucking hate marking him, and not because he was a brilliant hurler, which he is a brilliant hurler, but because I, I like him. Um, 2011, we were on the All Star tour together, and I got to really know him then. Um, and I'd like to grand if you're playing first round of the league and, and you could be just having a chat for a few minutes or whatever and then hurl away. But like any ball dropping on us, I, I just, I didn't, not that I didn't want to pull. I didn't want to pull extra hard just in case I followed through. Um, and yeah, there was a few lads like Seamus Hickey from Limerick as well. I really liked him. And just, I suppose, look, you could name a few lads from every team. You, the, the Hurling public or the Hurling intercounty hurlers, they, they end up knowing each other because there's only there's a small pool of them. Um, so I used all as like lads that I didn't know too well. Um, so just mark them and then it doesn't really matter what, it what easier, way yeah, yeah. And then the tip game, unfortunately, obviously, well, you know, it, it went the way it did. Dublin were unfortunately defeated in that game and comes with it at the end of your season. But in the camp, it must have been a feeling of we've made big strides here. Yeah, there, there certainly was. Um, but there's a fine line between confidence and complacency, I think, Uh because we, we, yeah, we had a brilliant year. No one, if you'd have said at the start of the year, we get to, we'll win the league, get to an All Ireland semi final. Um, everyone said, not a, not a hope, but we did. Um, but we kind of, in, in our head, we kind of thought, oh, sure, look, next year we'll be better and we'll win the Ireland next year. And I think complacency did set in, um, certainly did set in. Um, I think we, we, Forgot a lot of what got us there, and a lot of what got us there was great fitness, um, in your face, just that that pest, uh, to play against, um, but also popping away the scores when you needed to, um, that that's what got us there. But I think we we went into just too much of um, we I I personally I think we did too much gym work anyway. Um, we, we were too big. We looked great in jerseys, but we couldn't hurt. Um, but we we. We kept on saying that, oh, look, we'll be. I remember Leash Betters in the, Wal- the Walsh Cup, and we were walking out and saying, oh, look, we'll be grand come championship. We, we'll do what, what, when it matters. Um, 
then the league, we got betting all the league games. Now we're very narrowly betting all the league games. We weren't bet well in any league games. It was only by a point. Uh, I think our worst performance was against Waterford, but we were already we were already knocked out at that stage. We were already relegated at that stage, um, down to one B, um, and that was our last game. But every other game was a point or two. Um, but then in the back of our head, we were still saying, "Oh, but come championship, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be, we'll hit the ground run. We'll be great in championship. We're in for an All Ireland final. League doesn't matter." But we're not a team that can just turn it on. Um, I think our confidence, even though we, we probably didn't admit it, but our confidence had was probably a, a low um, because we had got those defeats. There was no moral victories or anything like that. It was. Um, and we, I suppose the, we, we kind of thought it was going to happen as well. You know, we thought, oh, look, it's grand. We'll, we'll win in All-Ireland. Um, but no one, no one just gives you an All-Ireland. It's not, it's not that easy to win in All-Ireland. Um, every team is trying to win one. So there's, there's one team going to get in your way. So, yeah, look, it was, it was a bad year. Uh, Wilds Cup, League and Championship, it was a very bad year. But um, I suppose we went away that winter. We... Uh, we analysed it. We we kind of did an evaluation of it. Um, from personal point of view, I, I got an operation on my shoulder that I probably should have got done after the 2011 season. Um, but I, I delayed it, and then I didn't want to miss 2012 season because I thought, oh no, we're going to win in All Ireland that year. But um, I got it done winter 2012, uh, and then I missed most of the league 2013. Um, I think I was back for the last league game against uh, Carlo, and then the. The Division One B final against uh, Limerick, we bet them in in the Gaelic Crown or not in in Temple Stadium. So yeah, that was it. The 2013 season, because you, you've kind of brought us into it there. Like I often look at it and I wonder, unless I've done my homework wrong, I, I don't know how many teams will have done what you did. I, I like Kilkenny were winning all Ireland's by by winning four matches. Um, that year, if I'm not mistaken, you drew at Wexford. Beat him in a replay. Yeah, but very, very, very lucky to get over Wexford down in Wexford Park. Um, it was actually Eamon Dillon uh, came on and scored a, a goal to bring it into a replay. Um, we, were, we were absolutely poxed that day. So you you ride your luck, you get the Wexford replay, you win the replay, then up comes Kilkenny, and it's another drawn game against Kilkenny as well, and that goes to a replay. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the, I suppose the replay, everyone was saying, oh, look, you had your chance now. You, you never get a second chance against Kilkenny. But I suppose it was different to other years. Rather than um, expecting things to happen, we were kind of saying, right, you're only as good as your next game. We need to, to make it happen. And I suppose we, we just went out. Like I suppose if Kilkenny got a, a very good start on us, on us in, in that game, it could have been different. But... Uh, we stayed with them the whole game and, and just ground out a win in the end. Yeah, so that win sets you up then. You're playing Galway in a in a Leinster final. Um, yeah, and it was five weeks on the trot. Yeah, like, you know, and this is why it's 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 a feat in itself. Like, And I mean this, Kilkenny have won All-Ireland's playing four games. A Leinster semi-final, Leinster final, All-Ireland semi-final, All-Ireland final. Your fifth game was the Leinster final and it was five mm. weeks in a row. Yeah, um, and you seem to improve every week because the the Leinster final you put in an exhibition against Galway. Yeah, yeah, well, we we were very good against Galway. We were just, we were just we were we were so driven that day. We were so focused that day. Um, probably because it wasn't a Leinster final against Kilkenny. 
Um, like we played so many uh, Leinster finals against Kilkenny, um, even at that stage, and it was the same result every time. Um, or so many games against Kilkenny in in Crow Park, uh, and same result every time. But um, yeah, we were we were just we were focused for that game. And not, uh, not, momentum carried us as well. You see, I think sometimes when you're winning, and like if you were coming out of a replay, you get to a replay if you draw a game that you could have lost, like the game in Wexford. That that brings you on the team that get lucky, say as you put it now, not me, but the team that gets lucky, they seem to have the momentum going into the next game, you know, so, yeah. um, I, I, I don't know, but sometimes in your head you start thinking, you know, we're not going to get beaten here, like, you know, no matter what way a game goes, we're not giving up, we're going to keep fighting till the end, we'll keep going and see where it takes us, you know, but, yeah. after you've won that game against Galway, it's it's Cork next in, in an All-Ireland semi-final and, like, it's a game that I'm sure, unfortunately, it's it's one of the games that you'll never forget uh, for the wrong reasons. But like the game itself, it was a very it was a very open game, very even so far. You got a really harsh yellow card early in the game, um, you know. And I'm not being unfair. Like when you go five minutes into the game, yeah. and it was like it was an innocuous yellow card. I even to this day, and I only watched the game again last week. I just watched the two incidents with yourself. Um, like you're given two yellow cards in an All Ireland semi final. You've been training for the last five years for this day you know this is what your whole life is put into like do you want to just talk me through your own mindset on it when you picked up the first yellow card your own thoughts yourself um i suppose like driven into me was you can't yeah you, you can change your game slightly but you can't forget what got you to where you are and what, what got me was my abrasive play um putting myself about um and I've never gone into to do a lad unless I knew he was going to do me. I've done that once or twice in club games when a lad I knew he was going to do me, so I said I'm going to get him first. Um, but like never, never an in county game. I went in purposely to do a lad. Um, so that that first one was, I, I I think it was a joke to be honest. It wasn't as if it wasn't if lads were beating each other or, or there was a, a row going and the ref wanted to lay down a marker. Uh, there wasn't one dirty stroke thrown all day in that game. And it's what you always get off Cork. I, I, I always like playing Cork because you, you can play hurling. Um, and both teams, that's what both teams came to do. Um, I still think it was a shoulder, uh, front of my shoulder, front of his shoulder. Um, there was nothing in the chest. If it was in the chest, I, I'd hold my hand up and say, yeah. Um, I was shocked that the, there was a, a yellow card. The, the linesman, um, did beckon the the ref that day, so I don't know is it all uh, pointing at the ref. I think the linesman that day, um, I think has a lot to answer for as well. Um, and like it's... A name uh, and then the, the second one as well. Um, I I was going out. I was trying to read the break of the ball. Um, the man turned and he rose the ball. If he if he actually got the ball in his hand. I had him stood up, um, but as he went to catch the ball, the ball bounced out of his hand, and then he turned, turned his head, and yeah, I, I caught him. Um, but if he actually if he actually caught the ball, it was a, it was an instinct. If he caught the ball, I had him held up, but he just turned as as I was meeting him. Um, and Sam, the linesman, beckoned to the ref as well. So the, the ref, I remember afterwards, the ref was getting a. A lot of lads, I actually got a lot of texts from lads from other counties 
I've got text from actually inter-county refs as well, um, giving out about that ref. But uh, um, it wasn't all his fault. The, the linesman had a had a, a say in it as well. So if, if if we're looking at the line, I think James Owens was on the line on the day. Um, no, James refereeing. James refereeing ref. ref it. So I can't. I don't know who the line was, but. Um, it's well, well, one one of the men was one of the best refs around, and it wasn't him as uh, Brian Gavin. He was linesman, and it wasn't him that beckoned the ref. Sorry, yeah, sorry, can, so it was the other one. <laughs> but, it was the other one. So, but see, the thing, the thing I have with this, uh, Ryan, is like, if you look at the decisions like this in an All Ireland semi final, like. Surely as a sport, like if you look at both of your yellow cards, the first yellow card is not a yellow card. There's no one in any way, shape or form can explain to me why that would be a yellow card. It wasn't dangerous play. It wasn't a high tackle. It wasn't reckless. The second incident, you know, no one would have been overly aggrieved if you didn't get booked on that incident either. Like, because again, there was no intent. There was no, you know, it wasn't a dirty tackle. Like, like, do you think referees should get more help from whether it's analysis referees or video assisted referees before they throw out a red card in a game like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I certainly think it would be a good idea. Um, now, will that slow down the game? Um, yeah, I think it will. Uh, your traditionalists in the game, your traditionalists, their, their, their opinions, their views, are. it's kind of a case of uh, play on, um, don't, don't waste time. Um, but yeah, look, you, you saw a couple of years ago, um, Tip, was it against Wexford? The ball went over the bar, the goalie brought it back down, went up under and pitch and he scored a goal or I think scored a point, but then ended up bringing it back for, for a, a point. So it was cancelled cancel out by the original point. Um, so yeah, look, there, there, is, there is a place for video analysis you see in, in rugby. Um, I think it, it, it solves a lot of controversial decisions. Um, whether it is a try or something that happened in the match it, during the game, whether it's a tackle or a late tackle or a far pass or whatever, um, it solves a lot of issues there. Now we won't speak about v- VR in in soccer because that causes more hassle than anything. Yeah, see, I think, um, like for me, it'd be yeah. just just right red cards, Ryan. If you like, you're a Tipperary man. Richie Hogan's red card against Tipperary in the All Ireland final, right? So it wasn't a red. It, you know, I didn't think it was. Um, I was there I was literally three rows back from that like Richie nearly hit me as much as he hit the man he collided with but he got the red card but the actual if you watched from the second Richie connects to the red card being issued there's about five minutes or four minutes there was an awful lot of bullshit went on there there was linesmen talking there was I don't yeah. know I, I wondered a few times because I seen James Owens holding his ear was he getting somebody in a box talking to him I don't know Like, but I genuinely felt at that time that if they had VAR or something similar, just for a red card incident, this is a dangerous tackle. Can you just look at this for me very quickly? Pause it, have a look, three different angles, and tell me is it a red card or not. He would have been told it's not. And that destroyed that All Ireland final. It destroyed James Yeah, Semis. It, it tension to be such a good All Ireland final. And it was like after that sent off, it was it was a brutal game, to be honest. Um I was there, I was actually up in the upper Cusick, um, and it was it was poor. It was poor. It was a very poor final. Yeah, it was it was a hard watch, but I just think, I just think that for a decision like that, you wouldn't have been sent off in an All Ireland semi final if we had just on red card incidents, the referee just holds his earpiece and says, "Can you just confirm there? I'm going to give this man a second yellow card." The commentator looks at it and says, "No, don't give me a yellow card. You know the first one was wrong. Something along them lines, you know." 
Yeah, or if the ref and the linesman use common sense as well. That, that's you, I think we have to take that away from them because clearly that's not what's happening in 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 these big decisions. Uh, common sense isn't too common. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a rarity. Look, just kind of switching off because I don't want to keep you all day. It's not very fair and you've been great with your time. There's a couple of other small things I wanted to talk to you about um, aside from the hurling side of things. You had an awful incident in the United Kingdom um, a number of years ago. It was it was, it was a desperate a desperate time for you, I'm sure, and your family. But just talk us back there. You were over at Birmingham for the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, well, myself and Massey O'Brien um, used to for Dublin from Limerick uh, we were on our way to the Rugby World Cup final we drove over well he drove over um, and we were on our way to London but probably said by, look by the time we get down there it will be too late because this is I, I like I remember the incident so I remember it so well up until the incident and then I remember not for about two months um, but yeah we were on our way to London uh, we said look we'll, we'll stop in Birmingham um, because it will be too late by the time we get to London uh, and and this it was about eleven quarter past eleven when we when we landed in in um, Birmingham when we booked into a travel lodge um, and we we went down to, there was a, a bar right beside the travel lodge it was an Irish bar was about five ten people in there we one drink there and then we went down to another bar it was a bit livelier went down had maybe one or two drinks there and then we were walking up to a nightclub because like I said it was, it was quite late. Walking up to the nightclub and there was, there was a lot of people around the streets. Um, so anyway, we went up to the nightclub and we, we couldn't get in. The bouncer was actually, um, they, 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 they weren't allowed anyone in. So I started chatting to the bouncer and he said, oh, geez, you're, you're Irish. He said, my parents are Irish. They were from Limerick or something. Um, and he said, look, um, if you wait on a while, I'll start you out. There's an incident inside. So uh, we went on anyway. Massey was, uh, Massey actually, we, we we went down to the chipper and then we came back up. Well, Massey was still down the chipper and I, I was up chatting to the bouncer again. And uh, with that, uh, someone that they, they threw out of the, the nightclub um, came out the door and just the first person he saw was me and just bang um, on the side of the head. I, I didn't see the, the punch or anything. Um, uh, I found out all this afterwards um, and... Gas Massey, there was, was two or three people there when it happened, and they were like, I dropped, I was unconscious on the ground, but it was two or three people around me trying to get me up or resuscitate me or whatever. But my phone started ringing, and someone took the phone out of my pocket and answered, and Massey was there, Where are you? Where are you? Uh, and so, right out, the person I was speaking on the phone said, Right outside the, the door, your friend's on the ground. So, Massey literally turned around, and I was only three yards away from him on the ground, um, unconscious. But, um, yeah, look, Massey was brilliant, uh, from what I hear. Um, he he ran cleaner um, um, and kind of, he didn't hit her straight away with uh, all the news he kind of drip fed her about because he didn't want to have her panic. Um, so cleaner came over with, with my brother over to Birmingham um, and they both, they, I was in hospital for a week in Birmingham and then the, the county board were brilliant. Fiona Waters and the county board and John Costello, they were absolutely brilliant. They, they, and, and Chris Thompson, uh, he's the professor, he, he was our team doctor and he was, um, his professor in Beaumont. Um, and he, he was looking after all the medical things with, with, um, the hospital over there. 
and then Fiona and and John Costello actually um, paid for it after the week paid for a taxi to bring me up because I couldn't fly so I paid for a taxi to bring me up to um, Hollyhead and then paid for the boat home um, and then I was collected in Dublin um, they were brilliant and it showed what the GA does for you and uh, it's a real family mentality um, but I, look I get the best treatments um, that you could possibly get uh, Chris Thompson made sure of that um, but uh, yeah uh, look I suppose going back to instant Mossy was great Mossy came with me to the hospital I was in the back of a taxi or the back of a, an ambulance um, I only when we when when I was on Lake Regale or before Lake Regale, uh, the the people that were doing the research for that rang up Mossy and Mossy was telling them and he said, look, I have pictures of him in the ambulance. Um, so then he sent them on to me to see were they okay to send on to on to Lake Regale and they were they were the first time I saw that was the first time I saw the pictures of him in the ambulance. And you could see from my eyes, I was totally out with like I was, I was looking into the distance. Um, so yeah, look, it was a scary time, uh, but it was it wasn't scary for me. It was scary for my family and those around me. Um, I was off work for a good while, uh, for four, 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 five months, possibly six months, um, and yeah, it, it was it was very scary for my family and those around me um, because they had to deal with me. Um, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I can't really remember that for about two months after. Um, then when I even when I do start remembering things, I, I wasn't the same person. Um, I was very irritable um, and had a short fuse. Uh, no, I have a short fuse anyway, but I, it was even shorter. Um, and I, I was very, I was very aggressive towards Kleena, my now wife. Uh, we weren't married back then, um, but I think. Thankfully, she she stuck with me. She I remember years after that we we were discussing, and she said like it, I knew that this wasn't you, like that wasn't the person I'd fallen in love with, and you know. So she said, I I, I stayed with you, hoping that you'd turn back to the person you did. So hopefully, hopefully I have, and I haven't stayed with the the brain damaged person. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a scary time. Um, was was there any convictions brought against these people or the person that? No. Um, so it was going to be about a couple of months afterwards. Um, no, I don't know how many months afterwards, but a couple, maybe six months afterwards, someone from the nightclub. Um, my my details must have been passed on. I don't know if Massey passed them on, but they rang me and said, "Look, uh, we have the the." The video from this happening, um, this person is going to court from what happened inside. I think he he had stabbed someone inside or something. Jesus. Um, yeah, no, I wish he didn't stop in Birmingham, but um, thankfully he had the knife gun at the time, but he had stabbed someone inside. Um, no, I don't know how he didn't kill him or anything, but had maybe slashed him or, or gone to stab him or something. But uh, um, so they, they, he was in court for that, and they wanted to know did I did I want to press charges as well? And you know, at the time, I just, no, I said, you know what? I said I'm done with it. Um, I probably wasn't in the right mind frame to do anything about it uh, then, but it would involve me going back over to Birmingham, revisiting the whole thing again. And I just no, I said, look, I'm I'm putting that behind me now. Um, so I just 
I just walked away from it. No, nope, can't blame you for that, Ryan. And then just the rehab side of it itself, like are you 100% now again and everything perfect or... I will, I've never been 100% um, <laughs> even before the bang in the head. Uh, yeah, look, I, I suppose, look, thankfully, thankfully, the the, the short fuse has gone um, and the, the irritability, like, God, oh, geez, Kleena could be eating her dinner wrong and I would have just lost the head. Um, thankfully, all that is, is gone now. Um, I'm a little bit more mellow than I was. Uh I suppose the only the, the only physical thing I do get pains in my head now and again, but that, maybe that's just lack of water or, or maybe lack of sleep or whatever. I don't know. Um, that's what I'm putting it down to because I don't want to admit it. But um, the only real uh, thing that that stands out is I've no sense of smell, um, zero sense of smell. So it was great when we when with kids. Um, <laughs> Only one person cops on when a nappy has to be changed. Yeah, well, actually, like, Oshin was grand. He was two when this happened to me, but, like, subsequently then we had Cara. We had Cara in 2017. Um, and, like, I could have her at home. This is a terrible thing to say. Like, I could have her at home. And then Clean would walk in, and the second she walks in the door, she'd be like, oh, gee, what the Did you not change her? And I said, what? What? Like... I said, I changed her about three or four hours ago. Like, she shattered all over the place. So then, then it was my job to go change it because it never bothered me. I could smell it. Um, so, yeah, it was, I suppose you, you, you try to look at the positives in it. Uh, I had no sense of smell. And when you have kids, having no sense of smell is great. No, I'll accept it. And then just for yourself, I know you're saying this summer now you're going to be up in sticks and moving to uh, the west out to Galway um, aside from that which is obviously a massive move um, what's the future going to hold for you out there are you going to look at a club team out there maybe get involved in coaching or what are you thinking um, look I, I don't know um, I suppose there's there's a lot to sort out whether it's his house job there's, there's an awful lot on our plate over the next couple of months um, like I'm doing a lot of coaching as it is uh I, I, I was managing the team in Dublin last year. They won the county intermediate title. I'm, I'm actually coaching the down hurlers this year. Unfortunately, we got bent in the league final. Um, so, like, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. I was over at TUD, the Fitzgibbon team. I managed them and coached them this year. Uh, so, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm dipping my toe in it. I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I'm loving it. Like. Um, so yeah, look, going to going to Galway, um, we'll get to know people in the area and the best way to do that is get involved in the GA. Like we when we bought our house in Dublin in two thousand fourteen, I suppose the first year or two we didn't really know anyone there, we knew our immediate neighbour, but that was about it. But then Oshin got involved in the 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 club in our area, St. Kevin's Killians, and, and now Kleena is playing football with them. Um I start up the adult hurling team. Um so I'm I'm on the committee for some reason. Um so and, and yes, we know everyone in the area now. Um so the GA is a, is a great way to get to know people. So yeah, we hundred percent we get involved in the GA in, in Galway. We just don't know where. Um don't know what part of Galway we're gonna be in. But yeah, look the kids will be there, we, they'll be they'll be playing GA, whether it's hurling or football, they'll be playing it. Um, and yeah, we'll 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 get involved in that somehow. Well, Ryan, on that note, I'll say thanks to you for for giving me so much of your time this afternoon. I I, I really do no appreciate problem. it. 
um, the very best of luck to yourself and Kleena and, and Cara and Ushin on the, on the big move out west as well Thanks very much. Look, thanks for having me. No, that's brilliant. That is, of course, Ryan O'Dwyer, former Dublin and Tipperary hurler, joining us on this week's Clash Act. I look forward to talking to you all again next week. <laughs> <laughs>